Welcome everyone, Bez Hashem. Continue with Mishwan Simon Sadi Chesif Alash year number 244. And as the Sefer Yesoid Vishayrish Avoida tells us, which was written by Rev. Alexander Ziskin, one of the very Choshev Svarim around 300 years ago, 250 years ago, he tells us that this Simon should be reviewed every single week. Now, the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo, says to revo- review all of Shulchan Aruch every month. Okay? But at the very least, I'm not saying I do, but I'm telling you what he says to do, is to review Simon Sadiches every week. Now, I just want to mention that because every Simon and every halacha is extremely important. Every, every halacha is important. But we see over here, this has even a higher level of being important above important. And the topic of discussion here is a topic which we've been focusing on the past around 10 simonim, 10 chapters. And that is that we should have kavana in our davening. But in everything else we spoke about, we spoke about your positioning, you know, and, and uh, make sure you have makam kavua, and make sure you use your tissues before you daven, and make sure that you don't step back into someone else's daladamas because that can confuse him. And all these other halachas like this. Now he hits the nail on the head directly and he says as follows. Hamispalel sarich sheyichavin beliboy perush hamilois shemaitzi besfasov. When the person davens, he has to know the words, what they mean. Imagine if you stand in front of a king and you ask him for something, you're reading a translation, and then he says to you, why are you telling me your shopping list? you're like, uh-oh, you turn the page over and you realize you had the wrong side. And then you ask him, oh, can you please help us here and help us there? And help us? Yeah, that's absurd. How can we stand in front of Hashem and we don't know what the words mean? And Baruch Hashem, in this generation, whether it's in Russian, whether it's in French, whether it's in any language you want, it's translated. Baruch Hashem. So he says, I'm a spouse, and you should think that Hashem's presence is right in front of you. That Hashem's presence is right in front of you. And we should remove all of the machshavos, all of those things that disturb us. So, so whatever it is, whatever it could be disturbing a person, meaning not that it's something bothering him, but he's thinking about it. He has to remove it from his mind. He has to have complete 100% focus and concentration. And, and, and that already starts when the person is heading towards the shul. When the person comes into the shul, by that time already his phone is off or in the car, whatever it might be, or on the shelf before he goes into the base measures. This is all chalik of the preparation, all the process of that when I know I'm standing in front of Hashem, why did I turn my phone off? Why? Lahavdil, loyaleinu, we should never know the situations, but a person goes to Menach What do they do before going to the house? You turn your phone off. What do you need your phone on? You, you, you know you're going to sit in front of somebody to make him feel a little better because your presence is there. So imagine your phone starts ringing. Unless you're a doctor, put, a, put aside the doctors for now. Unless you're a doctor. You, you can turn your phone off. You're preparing yourself. It's the same thing here. When we do that, we're creating this reality that I'm standing in front of my Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's not just a joke, not just emotion. 
Not just mitzvahs anoshim elomade that the Ramchal says. I'm saying I'm writing off words that have no meaning to. And the person has to view it in his mind and think. And he says in the cider, it should say, Ki ilu, as if, That if a person was standing in front of a king of flesh and blood, like we just gave that example, he would first make sure all of his papers, everything's organized, and he's going to say what he wants to say in a very focused fashion. How much more so in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who Hakadosh Baruch Hu knows what we're thinking about. That we have to make sure we try to remove everything from our mind, and when we bow down, we say a Baruch Ato. I'm thinking, I'm talking to you, Hashem. And we pick up our head and we pick it up with the neck up first and then slow motion because I'm leaving the Melech. And all of this is to create the reality, that sense of reality that I'm davening to HaKadosh Baruch Now, Shulchan Aruch brings that in times of the Gemara discusses of the great Sadiqim who would do this. Who would prepare themselves? Show you They would prepare themselves and contemplate. They elevated themselves before they came to David to a level of being close to prophecy. Now, obviously, this is beyond our comprehension. Obviously, we have no idea what this means. We don't. Beyond, let's make sure we turn our phones off. Right, that's that's what we should make sure to do. Let's let's remember to turn off our phones. But this is the madrega of the shoe for the stars. We have to realize we're talking from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And if some other thought comes into our mind during davening, we should be quiet. Yishtoik. Until this until this. This thought goes away. And we have to be thinking about things that humble a person's mind, his heart. And, and focus and realize that we're, everything is all from Hashem. Hashem is in charge. And we should not be thinking, now is not the time to think about that good joke your friend told you. Now's not the time. I saw in the Safer once when he discusses over here that we should be thinking about things that humble a person. So I remember once I went to the zoo and I told him the story and I went to the lion's den over there. I was on the outside, by the way, not in the side. And my name's not Daniel, okay? And, and I just heard a little purr, a little purr from the lion. And I'm telling you, I was like, oh my goodness. That, that like, that, that, I was like, Thanking Hashem for that thick glass, let me tell you, between that separating between me and him and that lion. But to take that a step further, the Mepharshim say like this, imagine you're in the, like a coliseum, imagine you're a stadium, you're now in the center, and what you should think beforehand, now it's time to start diving Hashem beforehand, envision that there's a circle around you 
of lions. And after the lions, above them are tigers, and then jaguars, and then cougars, whatever animals you want, and then bears, and polar bears, and, and, and it's getting higher and higher and higher, and elephants, and rhinoceros, and, and alligators, and what the whole zoo is there. And you're smack in the middle. That's a little petrifying, terrifying, no? I mean, right? The little purr got, got to me, okay? <laughs> what do you think that would do? That's nothing, absolutely nothing, to the fact that what do we do before we start? We have a Pasuk in Tehillim, Hashem Svasai Tiftach. Now, let me ask you a question. I have to ask Hashem to open my mouth? Why? Watch this. I open my mouth. Why do we have to ask Hashem to open my mouth? Because if we have the real realization that I'm standing in front of Hashem, oh, how can I open my mouth? I want to tell you a story that they say over Rav Elielapian Zatzal was a little boy when Tsar Nikolai was coming to town and he was very impressed with the cobble worker who put down the stones and he wanted to honor him and reward him and this story is brought down by Rav Elielapian brought down the safe avoid this atfila and he invited this person to come to the palace to his palace because he wanted to reward him he wanted to compliment him the man got there and he was so trembling and petrified that when he was asked what his name was, he couldn't say it. His tongue went lame. It didn't work. But not only that, unfortunately, the story continues and for the rest of his life he couldn't speak. That's just, that's a, it's a true story. But it's a ma'isa that when we come to Daman to Hashem, we have to realize Hashem, Sfasai Tiftah, open my mouth, Sfasai, my lips. Ufis, my mouth, can say your praise. We have to say it with, with, with a, an awe and appreciation that I'm really standing in front of you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay. Now the Ramah says, before you see the Mishra, let's see the Ramah. Like we just mentioned, before you start to dive in, we should think of the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the humbled human low level that he's on. And remove all of the tanugim, the pleasures and delights from your heart. So that's why it also says a person should not go daven after he had a great big fat meal, he's, he's, he's all, he can't even move, he can't bow down, he's so full. We have a pasuk in the, in the Torah, what's, what's the Russian? Right, that, that we got, became fattened, right? And 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 we kit, right? So 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 what we're saying over here is that there's a halacha, you should not go daven when you when you're when you're so full. Because how do you have kavana like this? All you think about yourself is, oh, that was a good meal. The same point, one should not kiss his small children, young children, sons, he says over here, because the girls on the women's side. Once again, the Ramah is explaining because we have, why is there halacha? Don't kiss your cute little children over there in the shul. Because to ingrain in, in your heart that there's no love besides the love of Akash Baruch. Right now, we focus on Hashem and only Hashem. Okay, that's the Mechaber, Sef Aleph, and the Ramah. We turn back to the previous page, and we see over here Sef Aleph, Sef Kadn Aleph, the Mishnah says, 
ואל יחייב אין האודם בשמש ויחודים רק יספל כפשוטי להבין הדברים בכוונס הלב. Don't try to think about the, the essence of the name of Hashem, what does it mean over here, what's going on over here. Just focus on the translation of the words. Baruch, Ato, Hashem. Keep it simple. אם לא ינלס מישהו בא בסוד השם וידע לחייבים בו בליבו ורעוסו דחילו דילב אחי חס ושום מקלקל בזה הרבה. And he says here from the Magen Avram, the name of Zoya Kodesh, that if a person is holding by it, okay, that's for him. But if he's not, he's just going to mess things up. He's just going to mess things up. Then he brings, I'm sorry? If a person is a person who understands the soydos, the secrets of the Shemus of Hashem, if he is that category type of person, and he's able to do so, so he's holding by that. He could do that. But if a person is not, and he thinks he is, and he's fooling himself, he's just going to ruin his whole davening. Now listen to this. So what does he say? He brings that after he davened, after he learned the secrets of Kabbalah, the soydois, that he davened like a like a little baby. Dam like a little baby. It, it could be what he's saying is that he 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 realized how small he was. It's not so often that the Mishmar quotes the Pnei Yeshua, by the way. So it's uh, it's 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 good to point that out. He's quoting the Pnei Yeshua over here. He says. So what is what does he say the Pnei Yeshua over here? He tells us the Eilu Hakavonis Mavorim Bekan B'Shulchan Aruch. These kavanas that are brought here in the shulchan, Yeshu lechav mishas atfilo rakoidim. You should have this in mind before you start davening. But tfilo tzarich lechavim perishamilos. Once again, he emphasizes that when it comes to to the words, have understanding of what you're saying. Now they bring over here from the Chavetz Chaim in the Sefer Shem Olam that if you look in your article sitter, you'll notice. That before every bracha, it tells you the topic we're about to talk about. Refeinu Hashem, it says refua. Slach lo right? It talks about every, every bracha. And it's a very important point. This is, they probably do that because the Chavetz Chaim suggests to do that. that. In other words, don't just start the davening, the feel. Refeinu Hashem, don't just start. Before you start, have in mind, okay, what am I about to talk, daven to Hashem about? And that's why they have a little one or two words right before it that help focus on the topic. And this is always a good idea. Whenever you, any part of davening, when you say the, the sheish zechirus at the end of davening, right, when you, we're about to say animamin, focus, not just rattle it off. Before you know it, you're like, did I say it or did I not say it, right? Okay. Now we go to Siv Cotton Bays, and we're discussing here what happens if there's a, a thought that comes to your mind that shouldn't happen during davening. So he says, Yishtoik, remain silent, Ashet until this thought goes away. Now that's what the Shulchan Aruch says. Now the Mishur brings from a Sefer called the Sefer Hagan. He writes as follows: Levatel Machshava Ra'a Bishasat Filo. In Siv Cotton Bays. 
a little higher where your finger is. No, 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 no. There, yes. Okay. Sifkat. Okay. He says that a person should think bishasat filo and 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 uh, rather rather let's say it like this: if a person wants to get rid of a bad thought that he's thinking during davening, he should say what should he say? He should say the following three times. Now listen to the whole se- the whole topic here because we don't have to want to make a mistake with this. He should say P P P. Letters P and Yud together. P P P. He should say that. What? Let, let, let's please finish first, okay? If I can ask, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, like I just said before a second ago, it's Rashi Te voice. This is an acronym for what? P is the letter P is Palti. Yud is Yosef, Yosef at Tzadik. Okay, these are two tzaddikim in history who overcame a tremendous nisayin, tremendous nisayin, a test, a challenge. Yosef at Tzadik, we all know that Aishas Paitifar went to seduce him. And we know how difficult, well, we don't know how difficult, but we know it's talked about a lot. And then Palti was a situation that was discussed in Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Beis, rather, I'm sorry, Shmuel Beis, where it talks about there was a machloikis in halach between Shol HaMelech and David HaMelech as to whether or not David was halachly married to Michal, Shol's daughter. Shol halachly said, you're not. David halachly said, I am. This is a machloik, it's not halacha. Just like, is this kosher? Not kosher? Well, let's understand the halacha. This is a machloik, it's not halacha. Shol HaMelech took Michal and gave Michal to Palti, Ben Laish. Okay? Now, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, in fact, says over here in Dafyotes that the Nisayan, the challenge of Palti, was even greater, in some extent, than the Nisayan of Yosef HaTzadik. Why? Let's think about it for a second like this. When something's forbidden, something's also to us, you know, not, you're not allowed to have it. You're not allowed to do it, whatever it might be. And then there's a Yetzirah to do it. Okay, but we know it's also. What happens if you have another Nisayan? There's a tzad, there's a side that says it's permissible. And there's a side that says it's not permissible. But there's a side that says it is permissible. Oh, you know, so your, your mind might say, you're, well, maybe I'll rely on the opinion that says that it is permissible. According to Sholem Elech, Michal was not married to David. And therefore, Palti was 100% permitted to Michal. What did Palti do? He took a sword, he stuck it into the bed, and he says, whoever is involved with things of the bed, which you all know what that means, Yidokir Becherev, should be stuck with this sword. That's what Palti did. Okay, we're not getting to whole Shmuel Beis now. But I will mention, one more point on this, is that after the Nisoyen, his name became Paltiyah. His Aleph Lamid of Kel was added to his name. Because of the Nisoyen, the challenge, the test that he withstood. So here we have these two great tzaddikim. That if a machshava comes to our mind that we should not be thinking during davening, we should say P, P, P three times. The heim his gabru al yetzar libam, because they overpowered the yetzaharo, as the Gemara in Sanhedrin Dafyutetz elaborates on. Then he says, after zvachakach yorik gimopamim, and let's, once again, let's finish all the words before we discuss it. Then he says to spit three times. Don't spit totally. But in a in a uh, soft, pleasant way. Whatever that means. I don't know what it means. I can't tell you what it means. 
Your tongue should be in between your your um, your lips. Bishas arikika at the time you spit. Like I said, I don't know what this means. Okay. However, we're going to see not to do this anyway. And then the machshav will definitely come go away from you. So a couple points. Number one, we're going to have to see this magin of rum right away. But before that, the mafarshim explain that in the middle of shvon esrei you can't talk. You cannot talk. So, either say this before before you start Baruch Sha'amar, before Psuki de Zimra. Another thing to do before you start Psuki de Zimra, you start, you know what you do? To yourself. No one has to know what you're doing. You have to clap in the bima. P, P, P. You do that. I'm focused. I'm here in my in my makam, in my place, in my Dalaramas. Okay, another idea is to, to think it in your head. Okay, it's to think in your head. Okay? Now, look what the Magan of Ram says. He, he, the the Mishmur brings further. He brings the Magan of Ram. And he says, He says, I don't really understand the Sefer Hagan that tells us to do it in the middle of davening because that's a hefsek, that's an interruption. Then he says, Who knows 100% in refuah bedukahi? He says, who knows if it's 100% tried and tested. Right? The FDA hasn't gone through it yet. Okay? Lahavdu. Who is safe for El Yerabba, Havi, Vashem, Kitzah, Shla, Vazela, Shoyna. Now, the El Yerabba brings in the name of the Shla Kodesh. Skula, Lahavi, Machshavas, Chutz, a skula to remove a thought that's disturbing you during davening. An incorrect thought. That before davening, you take your right hand and you put it over your forehead. You ask somebody what you learned in first Seder. They think, wow, it's Kabbalah. What's going on over here? Anyway, this is Mishnah Bruno. <laughs> okay? You take your right hand, put it on your forehead. Okay? And three times over your forehead, one, two, and three, the you, you, you put on your head, and in, in, in your forehead, you remove it three times, and each time you say as follows, Hashem created with a lev tahar, a pure heart, and ruach nochein, and a good spirit, he, he gave it, he instilled inside of me, so it might be a good idea, the sitter, if you have a sitter that you use, don't write in a shul sitter. I see sometimes people do that. I'm being, being serious. You ever see that? Some, sometimes people write in the shul sitter. If it's not your sitter, you can't write in it. Write in your own sitter. Write this down. The Mishra brings from the Shlach Kodesh. Okay? To do this. Like the Shulchan Aruch said as well. By the way, the Shulchan Aruch was about Kabbalah. Okay? We can't forget about that. It's about the Chach Mitzvahs. Yishtoik ma'at, be quiet for a little. It's always a good idea. It's a good advice. Yishtoik ma'at, right? Be quiet for a little, he says. V'yavir yemino yal mitzvay. And take your right hand over your forehead. V'yahara pasuk hanal. And also be mahara and think about this pasuk. Now, we just spoke about some very, very high lofty topics here. Very high lofty topics, which will take a question in a few seconds. We're going to see after the question... In my humble opinion, one of the most important halachas 
that we have co- will be covering here until now this point in Chelek Aleph, and 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 we'll see. It's uh, it's it's arguably one of the most important halachas that have to be strengthened in this generation. So what is this next halacha that is extremely important that we have to mechazek ourselves and others to make sure we don't transgress this halacha? So we said we shouldn't kiss our little children in shul. That's the topic that, that the Mishra is going on. And he brings from the Shla. It's bringing little children to shul. Bring, last week we, we ended our Shabbos. We spoke about don't take your dirty tissues and put them on the table and leave it there. That we most spoke about. And then we also spoke, now we, now we speak about a different point. So, it seems like there's nothing new going on. That people bring little children to shul, they disturb the davening, and and, and you can't concentrate. So we're discussing here how to have proper kavana. Not too long ago, I was davening somewhere, and a person brought his tzaddik to be. It wasn't tzaddik yet, let me tell you. Okay. And... And, and, and this little tzaddik to be is, is trying to clear up space for himself and he's moving this and moving that and banging this stender, banging that stender. So after diving, the father says to me, I apologize if he disturbed me. What am I supposed to tell him? Yeah, you, listen, I had no kavan at all. I mean, like, the bang, bang, bang. You know? What should that father have done? Okay? And he's a good person. He's a good person, the father. He's a very cute kid also. And he'll be a tzaddik one day. He should have, he should have interrupted his davening and he should have Taking that little child's distractions away. If he doesn't want to sit her, so you say, but he's a middle of the Amish yesterday. So what should I, what, let's, what's the better situation? He already brought him to shul. That's, that's the wrong thing. He should not have brought him to shul. But he already bring, did bring to shul. So everybody else should be disturbed because, because he has to damage from the Amish What's going on over here? That's exactly what's, what he's talking about. He says, these little children that are playing games, and, and disturbing the davening should not be brought to shul. Furthermore, gam ki yazkinu, now listen to this, when they get older, lo yasur min hogom hora ashen ischanchu biyaldusum lishtageya ulevazas kedushas basic nesses. They will not remove that incorrect education of what he do during davening. You know what you do during davening? What happens when you have fathers talk during davening? And the little children are sitting there. You know, they, well, what do you do during davening? You talk. That's what you do. That's what you do during davening. And unfortunately, I've seen this. I've seen, unfortunately, children growing up next to their parents who talk. And then, they get older, they do the same. He says, you're educating them incorrectly. Don't bring them to shul. And I'll tell you something else. If you say, oh, my wife, she works so hard. You know, just stay home. Stay home. If you have to watch your child to give your wife a break, stay home. There is no heter to ruin everyone else's davening. Absolutely not. She said, but I have a minion. You know what? You figure it out in yourself. But you can't be a tzaddikus, a tzaddik on someone else's account. You can't do that. Absolutely not. He brings us down right over here. He says further, Void. 
Now, once the children reach the age of Chinuch, now the age of Chinuch, halachically, is around 6-7. But if you know that child of yours, who is 8, he can't sit still for a half a millisecond, and he is like that 5-year-old that we just spoke about, so it doesn't belong in shul. That's not called Chinuch. He doesn't belong in shul. Adurabah, but when he is able to come, Yivyenu Itoi. Now, what should you do? Bring him to Shul, Lebeisakneses, Vilam Deyu Orchus Chayim, and teach him the proper way of life. Orchus Chayim, the way of life. Leishev Be'eim over Yira, to sit with a proper awe that you're in a Shul. Vuloya Nichenu Lozes Mimkoyma. Now, do this with the proper way. Don't force children to daven. That's going to turn him off to Davni. But he says the words are, and you have to educate him not to move from his place. There are people that bring the children to shul, and you know what they do? When after they come to shul, they get their lollipop, and they run around and destroy the whole entire building. They destroy the whole building. And then the, the shul has an appeal, we have to raise money because the steps and the this and the that. And what's going on here? That's not what you bring the kid to shul for. So he runs around and destroys the whole entire building? I want to tell you a quick story. I had to step out for a minute to use the men's room during during Davni. Okay, I stepped out a minute. As I'm going down, I see two boys having a catch on steps with a water bottle. Okay? I suggested to them it's not a good idea. It's not my children. I'm not going to scold them. Well, fine. I don't think they will listen to me at that. Later, after Davni, I'm going up the steps. There's a squashed water bottle on the bottom of the steps. And I'm going up the steps with the father of the kid who was playing ball, water ball over there. Th- this is what you bring a kid to shul for? We have to mechazik ourselves. We have to strengthen ourselves. This, 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 is, not, this is not why children should be brought to shul. Let's finish over here. What should we you bring a kid to shul? You try to shul? Amen. You tell a child, you say a main, you create a maloch. The same gematria of 91 of a main and maloch are the same. Every time you say a main, you make another maloch. The kaddish, or kedusha. That's what you train the children to do. He says, take a look over there in, at the end of Yonit Tfilah, Kriya Satayra on this topic. Look over there in the teachings from El Yonavi. The tremendous punishment for the father for a, for a the punishment that awaits a father who educates his child that he disturbs a davening and he runs around and wreaks havoc in the shul. Mitzvah Shem will continue tomorrow with Sif Beis.